you know what? It's kind of hot outside, so we're going to cool you off as we get you ready for a patriotic weekend. John Rawl is my name, and this is the Y'all Show Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. And we've got a party here. We're going to kick the Independence Weekend off early on this Friday edition. We're not going to have a show Tuesday, the 4th of July. That is the day that normally we reserve for our Takapola storyteller friend, Jerry Short, to drop by. So our special 4th of July treat will come early today. I've got Jerry Short right here beside me, and he's going to help me get you ready for this Independence Weekend. He's going to be my co-host for the next couple of hours. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. What what about you, Jerry? Oh, mercy. Co-host? Let's see. I think... Yeah, go ahead and... Go ahead and mark me down. All right. I think you'll do just fine. He's I had to our, think about it. Yeah, well, you're, you'll do just fine. He's our Takapola storyteller, and Jerry will be here for the duration of this show, and then we're going to have a great time. we got a very, very exciting Friday edition of the Y'all Show that we are delivering your way here this Friday, and that is because we've got not only Jerry coming by, we've got a sports update here in this first hour. We also have coming up on today's Y'all Show in our second hour, our friend Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group is going to be coming on and talking about mid-caps, the definition of the middle capitalization mutual fund and the classes that you'll find in mid-caps. So, Jerry, get your pen and paper out for financial talk in hour number two. Yeah, it's fine, Lord. It's not a real hard spelling going on. I think you'll be just <laughs> fine. We also have in our second hour our Dixie Cinema Report. We've got some big movies debuting this weekend, including, Jerry, are you ready for the final Indiana Jones movie, Harrison oh. Ford. At or I think he's eighty years old. I was going to say Harrison's getting pretty old. He better, he better win this one. This may be his last shot. Yeah, he's in a new movie that debuts this weekend, the latest Indiana Jones installment. Plus, Kentucky native Jennifer Lawrence. She's back on the big screen for the first time in a while, and we're going to learn all about her brand new movie called No Hard Feelings. All that is part of our movie coverage in hour two of this Friday y'all show. Hour three today. We will have our Friday free for y'all. Jerry, get ready to help me sing along because we always have a sing-along song to start off hour three. And speaking of Jennifer Lawrence, we're going to spotlight the Kentucky actress. She's not only a beautiful, talented actress, but did you realize she also is a little bit of a singer? And so we're going to play a song that she had out as part of her movie from some years ago that made her very famous, a song called The Hanging Tree. I want to know what that's all about we're going to play that in hour three plus we'll have hashtag whole blue and we'll close it up today with from dixie with love if y'all want to get involved with our program the way to do that is reach us on our text line 615-208-4184 615-208-4184 i got jerry over here monitoring the text line so anything you want to ask him this is the perfect time to do that because we are actually indoors doing this show today, Jerry. And uh, you and I were riding around Thursday when we saw the car temperature, triple digits, 103, I think I saw it. I think I saw 102 and 103. And uh, the only thing that would cool you down would be uh, dry ice. Dry, dry ice? ice yeah, because okay. I don't think regular ice could handle this kind of weather. And we, you don't remember it being this hot? Not this early. It seems like it's a little early, John. You know, I'm thinking uh, this is more August uh, August weather than it is uh, the end of June. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye, our 
meteorologist sitting beside me today, Jerry Short. It's it's a scorcher out there. Y'all be very, very careful for sure as we try to get through these next couple of days. It's supposed to be a little bit better next week from what all indications point to. Let's talk about the hot story, not necessarily the weather, but Thursday. Big news Thursday morning out of Washington, D.C., as the Supreme Court has struck down affirmative action as now colleges won't be able to use race as a key factor when determining admissions. This was a case that involved both private Harvard University and public University of North Carolina, and this is going to affect affirmative action. Jerry, your thoughts and what you're hearing from others out there about this decision by the Supreme Court. Well, you know, it's kind of a give-and-take situation. Some people are all for it and some aren't. A lot of people think it could uh, be a little discriminatory against uh, some minorities that uh, they feel like they, even though they got a, a good enough grade to be entered into college with a good enough ATC score, they still think that there may be ways around that. So we're probably going to see a little protesting, I'm worried about. Did you see the president's reaction? He spoke? He spoke briefly today before he said he had to fly on up to New York, but he spoke. Uh, he, he spoke briefly uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, what he said was that, uh, you know, this has been needed, and it's he's for it, but it could also cause problems in the minority uh, sector of the country because there's still, like I said earlier, they still figure there's ways around stuff. Jerry, you have been around, and this— episode that we saw Thursday comes from the Supreme Court in terms of education, but affirmative action has been around a long time. And if you don't mind, I know that you've had your own bad experience with affirmative action before. Oh, yeah. I've had, uh, you know, I basically, you know, in the uh, general public, uh, in the workforce and but in the government situation, one time in the military, I was promised a promotion and something's got to make way. Somebody's got to leave a position in the military for you to get more rank, which if I could have got this other stripe in, in, as a as an enlisted sergeant, if I could have got another stripe, it would have been worth $250 more per month from the time I was 60 years old for the rest of my life. Well, I was, uh, I went on and took, I left the uh, Special Forces unit that I was in to take a mess sergeant's job in another unit so I could work my way to be battalion mess sergeant in a year. Well, I went before the board, and evidently I discovered that uh, the military had had quite a few changes in my illustrious, uh, at that time, maybe 27, 28 years. I ended up with 30, but uh, I went before the board, and and some of the uh, lieutenant colonel, I remember one special lieutenant colonel, he asked me what would I do if I had somebody that uh, disobeyed or did something, you know, really out of line as far as the military would be. And I said, well, I'd probably drop them for push-ups. And back then I could run a lot. I can't, obviously, today. But I said I may take them on a run because I've done that even in the Special Forces. You know, I've had majors tell me to run this captain. And I'd run a captain, you know, in the, on the weekend. If, oh, it, we were at camp one time at Hattiesburg. And I had to run him from Janice Schoolhouse, which is our base camp, down to Black Creek, which is seems like almost a Wiggins. And he would beg me, Sergeant Short, Sergeant Short, let's don't run all the way. Let's don't run all. Give me a break. And I said, No, 
the major told me that I was in charge of you, Captain, and you were to pay for what you did. So, you know, what he did, I made him pay. So I would tell that kind of stuff at this uh, board that was uh, reviewing me to see if I was capable of being a battalion mess sergeant at a, another location from where I was a uh, acting mess sergeant. Well, I was actually a mess sergeant. And uh, they, uh, after I told them what I would do, I didn't pass that board. So it was another six months before I could go back. So I go back, and uh, a friend of mine who was a high-up officer, he came to me and he told me, he said, just, just give them the answers they're looking for and all. And So I really didn't do that because I'm old-school military, and I went back with some hardcore uh, restrictions if anybody would really uh, not do what they were supposed to do or what I thought they were supposed to do or what regulations call for so uh i didn't i didn't pass the board again and they gave it they gave that position to someone in another unit this was a firing battery somebody in another unit who he was in a and i was in a firing uh in a battery that fired 155 officers he was in a service battery that delivered delivered supplies to firing batteries and uh to the firing battery and they gave it to him. Well, they have an award that they call the Conley Award. And uh, this battalion at that time had never won the Conley Award. And they wanted to really bad. But I knew everything that was to take place. I mean, you know, you, ha- you don't think you're so much involved in being a mess sergeant. But it would probably be about like running a Bucky's restaurant or something, you know. Because you have to say if you got 200 men, you got so many so many ounces of roast beef, so many so many number 10 cans of black-eyed peas or so many of this, blah, blah, blah. So you got to break all that down to how many men by, by portions. Well, you got to do all that. Then you, the officers have to pay, and then what they pay, you, they have to sign and they have to pay. I mean, it's really a lot of, lot of book work involved. So uh, they asked me, would I go stand that inspection? Well, I went and stood the inspection. This was like, you know, after I'd been told that I could get that position. This was probably about another year. And they passed, and they got the Connolly Award. So the Fort Hood, Texas uh, uh, military branch of that uh, division came around to at battalion headquarters to uh, award them the Connolly Award trophy. Well, my first sergeant came to me and said, uh, you know, we're honoring the uh, guy that took uh, the mess, battalion mess sergeant. Uh, do you want to go over for the ceremony? And I said, uh, no, I don't believe I do. I said, I think I'm going to go in the office and start my uh, uh, discharge paperwork. And so I didn't get the full 30 years. I got 29.7 or 8 or something like that. But anyway, uh, you've been holding back on talking about this story. Yeah, I hadn't. That's kind of a. That's kind of gets to you because when you think about, you know, two hundred fifty a month don't sound like a lot, but if you start adding that up and you add that up and, you know, there's three thousand a year and sixty and I'm seventy seven now, you know that gets up to about thirty what and then thirty so that's twenty fifty thousand dollars. That's over fifty thousand dollars. So that's cost me over fifty thousand dollars that. Uh, affirmative uh, uh action uh and that emotion. was a long, long time ago oh, that was about 97 or 6 or something like that 96 probably 
or 95, maybe 95. So uh, I got out. So that that ended my my military career. And I was try, I was going to sign back up after 911, but it was going to take too much paperwork and too long. So uh, they didn't do the paperwork, and but I didn't want to wait another two years. So. And I was getting kind of long in the tooth by the end. So, so anyway, that's what happened. So it can happen, you know, wherever you are. You know, just uh, you could get blindsided and not expect anything like that coming out of the coming out of the west, east, or wherever. Again, the Supreme Court with a decision on Thursday striking down affirmative action, and colleges now have to come up if they were using race as a big part of their admissions plan, come up with a, another alternative when they're looking at admissions. Now, the governor of North Carolina, because UNC was part of this Supreme Court decision as a public institution, they were tied in with Harvard University, a private school in this case that the Supreme Court decided on Thursday. The governor of North Carolina has said that the Supreme Court striking down affirmative action in college admissions is, quote, it undermines decades of progress made across the country. In a statement, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper said these types of admission plans help to reduce systemic discrimination and promote diversity on campuses. So he, a Democrat, not very happy as the lower courts also had upheld the programs at both UNC and Harvard, which rejected claims that the schools discriminated against white and Asian students. The chancellor of UNC is Kevin Guskowitz, and he said that all while Thursday's decisions was not the outcome that UNC had hoped for, university staff will review the court's decision and, quote, take any steps necessary to comply with the law. The chancellor of UNC says that Carolina remains firmly committed to bringing together talented students with different perspectives and life experiences and continues to make an affordable, high-quality education accessible to the people of North Carolina and Beyond, The Attorney General of North Carolina, Josh Stein, tweeted out Thursday that students learn best when they are exposed to a wide variety of perspectives and backgrounds. And his tweet said, I believe that our schools and businesses should reflect the full strength and richness of our state's diversity. That's when North Carolina is at its greatest. But it was a defeat for the, the liberals and those who were representing the colleges of the University of North Carolina and Harvard with this decision. Thursday to strike down affirmative action as a way of getting admitted into higher education, at least. We'll find out how big of a deal that trickles down to other things outside of education. Jerry, do you think this is going to affect, for example, private schools and other educational deals, not post-secondary? You know, so far they've been able to stay out of private schools, basically, unless you accept for some kind of federal aid, a grant here or there may hurt you. You know, I've been through it on high school and, and lower levels. And when I would go purchase something, even from Sharon Williams, say, using him as an example, paint, I would make sure that we paid taxes on it because I knew they could come back against us as a private school mm-hmm. in a high school level. So if you've taken anything, you know, they can do that. And that's one reason a lot of private schools, they go by the name Christian schools now. You know, once some point in time it was just strictly like an academy and now they've become a Christian school, and they get a tax break on that. So once you get those tax breaks, I'm wondering, you know, it's separation of church and state supposedly, but is it? You know, that's just where somebody had made that quote. That's not really in the law. 
but they've utilized it that way, I think. More to come, I'm sure, developments again with the president Thursday coming out with a press conference from the White House about this. And knowing the way the Democrats work, don't be surprised if they try to do an end around around the Supreme Court, just like they threatened to do with Roe versus Wade. But one thing I did hear him say that, uh, you know, they may take a look at uh, where the students, even though they uh, have passed the entrance exam to college on their score, they may take a look at their background of what type high school they come from, what grade that high school had, or what kind of background they had, or what kind of environment they grew up in. And that might, it looks to me like they're already thinking of a way to finger in something there, you know. We'll keep our eye on it. Jerry, as we started the show off, we were talking about the incredible heat that we've seen throughout the South the last couple of days. Now, earlier in the week, I was happy at that time to report that we did not see any serious illness or deaths as a result of the hot temperatures. But unfortunately, we're now getting some numbers in, and scorching heat has now been blamed for at least 13 deaths in Texas and also one in Louisiana. And the count's only going to go up over the next few days as midweek temperatures hit 100 degrees plus in Texas and Louisiana. 11 of the Texas heat-related deaths happened in Webb County, and that's around Laredo. That's Laredo. I've worked Webb County. And as a matter of fact, since <laughs> I didn't know Webb County, I'm glad you threw that at me. But uh, LaSalle Par- uh, Parish, Parish, Louisiana, uh, LaSalle County in Texas is joins that. And I own the Nusas River right, right up from the Rio Grande. But I worked there one solid month, but I worked there longer than that. But for one month, only one day that year, that's been about six years ago probably, that the temperature actually got below 100 degrees. Only one day. During the and entire that, day and night? Uh, well, no, the, the peak of the day. Oh, okay. You know, nighttime, I tell you, it got to 99 that one day it got below 100. But uh, I, I I did security up and down the pipeline on the, on the through Webb County. And a lot of the uh, Mexicans, that American American. Mexicans, they they would Americans of Mexican descent, right? They would actually have their outside uh, barbecues at midnight. I could come by at midnight and they'd flag me down some of them I knew, and I'd go eat. I'd go eat with them, eat their barbecue in their backyard. Now in that county, some of that county, most of it, they only have grass, nothing but tumbleweeds and stuff like that, and uh, we'd be standing over dirt in the backyard at night. Uh, eating because that's that's the only time they could stand to go outside. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was actually that that hot. So this is not something new. I'm sure they'll try to blame it on uh, uh, petroleum and stuff. Where I don't know if a battery would have saved 103 yesterday. <laughs> today well, not. again, 11 of the Texas heat-related deaths coming from this one county on the and Webb. border, Webb County, and the medical examiner of Webb County is Dr. Corrine Stern. And she said that the level of heat in that county was unprecedented. The the deaths of those 11, they were ranged in age from 60 to 80 years old, mm. many with underlying health conditions. Right. So certainly if you're older out there and you have any kind of underlying health condition, no matter if you're in Webb County, Texas, or anywhere else, please be extra, extra cautious. Well, I mean, the next place over is Eagle Pass. 
So it's in that area, if you're familiar with that, south of San Antonio, on Interstate 35. However, uh, there's a lot of older people in there, and they don't have uh, cooling facilities. I'd bought an uh, Airstream camper while I was down there, and I was going to sleep because I couldn't find a place to stay one time. And uh, I had a uh, Mexican, she's a Mexican, uh, well, she's actually an Indian and claimed to be a Mexican because she said her granddaddy moved down there and he was discriminated against uh, so much that uh, they, uh, he was of Indian, they didn't like Indians, so she became, they passed for Mexicans. But anyway, I ended up, uh, her house, she didn't have an air conditioner. And I bought an air conditioner for that camper I bought because I hadn't had it fixed yet. And I gave it to her, and she still has it if she's still around. And uh, it was an Airstream, a nice one, but I didn't pull it back home. Well, I'd have had to go back and got it and had some other things I got out of it, but I didn't. They were burning up. Josh. You know. Five years ago, Jerry, do you remember when we had that awful shooting in Annapolis, Maryland, the mass shooting at the offices of the newspaper, the Capitol, and five employees of that newspaper were shot and killed, and the gunman would ultimately be prosecuted, a jury finding him criminally responsible in 2021. But we're now on this week, The it was actually Wednesday was the technical anniversary, but the five-year anniversary of the Capitol Gazette shooting. To me, that was one of the most horrific mass shootings only because as a guy who's worked in the field of journalism yeah this guy stormed into this newspaper mm-hmm. and and killed these people right in the capital city of maryland yeah i remember that i don't know really remember the details too much because unfortunately it seems like we're getting a lot of those instances mm-hmm. but you say it's five year anniversary five years of where five people were killed i was probably out in texas or oklahoma when that happened and so it, you know it, you know how things they 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 seem like a terrific crimes or something but they really remain local Mm -hmm. you know because we have so much of it this day and time so you don't hear about it if you're off across halfway across the country yeah again five-year anniversary of the capitol gazette shooting in annapolis maryland here's a sad story coming in from fort knox a soldier there is under arrest there as this hardin county kentucky man being held on a million-dollar cash bond after he was arrested for the shooting death of his wife, and his wife was also a soldier. 33-year-old Jordan Michael Henning of Rineville, Kentucky, booked into the Hardin County, Kentucky Detention Center on one count of murder, domestic violence. Court documents state that deputies were called to a home where a domestic dispute had occurred and a person was armed with a handgun when Deputies arrived. They found a victim, his wife, inside the home with multiple gunshot wounds. And this man now arrested for this apparent murder. A media relations officer with Fort Knox confirmed that Henning is a staff sergeant stationed at the post and is assigned to the 1st Army Division East. And again, the wife was a soldier with the U.S. Army Human Resources Command and also stationed at Fort Knox. But, uh, Unfortunate incident in Kentucky this week with the death of a Fort Knox soldier by her own husband, it appears. Yeah, that's bad, Ben. Uh, You know, you don't expect those things in the military. You know, it seems like it's always something I can think of, but uh, I had that happen to me at uh, Airborne School, and um, it was cadre. We didn't have uh, female Airborne cadets, but... uh, 
uh, I, I was so old when I went back to airborne school the second time that uh, I was 33 years old, and they thought that uh, I would be a, a safe uh, staff sergeant to put in charge of the ladies at uh, there. And oh, Lord. So, you know, I... I would enter the uh, women's side of the barracks and, you know, holler man on floor and stuff like that. Well, that Sunday night I was out around those jump towers at Fort, uh, at uh, in in Georgia, and uh, oh, good old I, Fort Moore now. That yeah, used to be right, Fort right, Benning. Right, 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 I skipped that. I didn't want to. How Moore Fort I, and was, his wife. It was Benning forever and ever and ever. Still Benning in my and opinion. Me too. So right, I didn't mention it, but uh, anyway, as we go. I was out polishing my boots and doing my brass. So I think we were getting down to the second week of jump week. No, we'd already done tower week. Let's see. We were in the tower week, jump week. And uh, our first jump, well, then when I came on board, and I mean, I came a uh, man on board, when I came through in, in the barracks, and I knocked on the door and uh, didn't hear anything. So I just kept going on down the hall. And then uh, we got down and got our parachutes on. And we're on the plane, we're loading, and they pull us off. They'd found the body of a female cadre that uh, someone had murdered during the night. Golly. And that was in the barracks that I was in charge of. So naturally, I had a lot of questions thrown my way. But uh, they Did pulled you do it? Uh, I'm innocent to this day, and that was in uh, <laughs> 1979, uh, I think. But because uh, I was 33, that's about right. But anyway. Um, they uh, pulled us pulled us off, and they marched us back, and they locked us down, and then they decided for us to ha- jump, and uh, we went back down, and we were on the plane making our third jump. You have to make five jumps to be airborne qualified. So they came on board and they pulled him off. Oh, they found the. They found that yeah, he under her fingernails was his hair nice. and DNA stuff. Even though they weren't real big on DNA then, they was able to compare the two and. And they put it together. And uh, I had saw them jogging around. It's a two-mile track around the jump towers. It's three big 250-foot-tall uh, jump towers yeah. that simulates parachuting. And uh, they was uh, jogging in, uh, that night. But evidently, you know, that was a Sunday. They were and, both going through airborne training? No, she was cadre, which means what that was she was... He was going through training. So he was uh, yeah, hurt. He, as a hurt. matter of fact, I've got a picture of him. That was and, what they call fraternization. Oh, uh, that's exactly what it was. And uh, but you know they didn't, you know they the, the black hats is that's what you call uh, drill sergeants in airborne school. But anyway, they uh, they they kind of turned their head on stuff like that. You know whatever was going on on the weekend was going on on the weekend. And uh, so anyway, um, I've I've got a picture of him in my airborne book, and uh, they pulled him off. And then I've got a story that was in a local paper that I cut out that I've still got. And I ran into somebody out in Webb County, of all places. Really? At, in had, Texas? Yeah, I had graduated from airborne school years, years earlier. And uh, he was t- talking about they had a death in the barracks there. And 44-43, I believe, was the number of that barracks. And they I'm said, gonna go back and double check this. You can check them. Forty-four is all. There's four of them side by side, right off of, right as you go out on the on the dry, uh, training area at Fort but, Moore. Fort Moore. Ooh. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that happened there, and, and uh, he was, I assume he was convicted because UCMJ I went on and graduated. You on that one, though. Yeah, surely he did, you know. Surely, surely the government took care of that because, you know, that was a government investigating it. 
and there was a government that found it out who it was, and uh, they did take him off of the plane, and he was proven to be that. And reading the article, uh, it had uh, it had their names in it, but it I mean the girl and his name I believe was in that article. I've still got the article. Be glad to show it to you sometime. That's okay. I trust you on that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you never when you when we have Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, on this show, you never would know which road we're going to go down. And I had no idea we'd be having a murder mystery as part of our news headlines today. <laughs> I do have to ask you about Fort Knox. I don't know how much you've had yeah, to go to, a little bit. to Fort Knox, but that's been the home of one of the cavalry divisions, right? Yeah, it's a cavalry division, but it's also a home of uh, drill sergeant training. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I went up there for drill sergeant training for a school, and that's just north of, of Elizabethtown, mm-hmm. Kentucky, is the next major town right beside it. Before you get to Louisville, it's between Louisville and there. And it's a nice place. Now, I went there for Goldfinger to get money out like James Bond or yeah, anything. Yeah, because they got gold there, too. Yeah. They, got, they say they got gold there. I, I believe it's all been spent and given away by now. But, uh, yeah, Fort Knox is a real clean, and it's not it, – you don't get that training uh, feel there like you do at uh, at places that had real good basic training places like Fort Gordon or Fort Seal or Fort Stewart or Fort uh, Gordon or somebody like that, you know. But anyway, it's a it's a nice fort and it's something you really took me knocked my wind out of out of my breath out of my wind out of my breath for when you said that about Fort Knox because I've never seen anything at Fort Knox that would indicate anything but up straight there. It's yeah. one of the better posts. It happens, unfortunately. It does happen, especially with a domestic violence-related incident, which is what happened this week. Let's tell you about the sad state of affairs along the Gulf Coast of Mexico, the sad state meaning that we've had now at least 10 people who have drowned since the beginning of this month. And the latest victim was Ryan Mallett, the former Arkansas Razorback and NFL quarterback. He drowned earlier this week. But 10 people thus far this summer in just the month of June have been caught up in rip currents along the coast of Alabama and along the Gulf Coast of Florida. There have been six drowning deaths in Panama City Beach alone since mid-June. A firefighter, also from Georgia, drowned while trying to save children a couple of days back and it's just an unfortunate thing many of the deaths happen on days with double red flags posted at beach entrances and that's supposed to mean don't get out there and swim and unfortunately people are ignoring these warnings of rip currents and we're seeing people die now this week with ryan mallet's drowning on tuesday local officials said rip currents weren't observed and that day, yellow caution flags, not double, double red flags, were flying at the beach there in Destin. But we've also seen drownings happen off the coast of Alabama. Three people have died off of Gulf Shores in the month of June along. So I know we still have a few more weeks with everybody rushing off to the beach for a good time. Please, please be extra careful with rip currents. Well, John, I came through uh, Panama City Sunday, and I came through Destin Sunday, and Oh, my wife had never been down on the Gulf there. We went through an area that was had a lot of military. It's next to the Air Force Base there, just past Destin. Fort Warren Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went on down on the plane, and I didn't see any flags, but I did see people in the water. And there wasn't many people where we worked our way through to go down to the beach. 
But uh, I have a uh, my, one of my granddaughters just got back from cheerleader school down there at uh, Gulf Shores, and then uh, not, a real, not a bad place to go to cheerleader school. Yeah, it's really. She was down every week for that, but uh, she's a freshman, so I guess she'll be a sophomore. But uh, my whole family is going down uh, uh, Saturday morning early. Make and sure they're they gonna be a, there a week. Make sure they get a copy of this conversation. They'd, they'd, yeah, really. I need to. I need to let them know. But I got to keep her dog, so I'll see them. <laughs> I'm dog setter. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, Christine King Ferris has died. She was the last living sibling of Martin Luther King Jr. And she's died at the age of 95. She was born in 1927, the first child of Dr. Martin Luther King Sr. and Alberta Williams King and was a sister to Martin Luther King Jr. and Reverend Alfred Daniel Williams King. And she attended Spelman College. She got a degree in economics way back in 1948 and then went on and got some secondary education with her career. She began teaching in the Atlanta Public Schools and worked there as well as at Spelman College. She was a professor at her alma mater all the way up to 2014. Again, the only surviving sister of Martin Luther King Jr. has passed away at the ripe old age of 95 years old, Christine King Ferris. And lastly, in our headlines for this opening hour of y'all, the Postal Service is making changes to your mail starting July 9th. Don't tell me they're increasing the price. Mm. Oh, yeah, they are. Starting July 9th, the price of the forever stamp is going to go up three cents. It's going to go up to now 66 cents. Jerry, just a couple of years ago, I remember it was like 45 cents or 50 cents, and now it's going up that much. Well, if I mention my age, postcard was one cent. Yeah, let's, oh. not, let's not go there. <laughs> okay. The increase, according to the Postal Service, is designed to offset the rise in inflation. The Biden mm. economy is getting us again. By the way, you talked about a postcard. Yes. You said it used to be one cent? One cent. Well, guess what? A postcard now is going to cost you 51 cents. 51 cents for a postcard. Yep. Oh, they were even made on the postcards. Mm. You'd buy them at the, at the post office, and they were already pre, pre-made on it, pre-printed on it. Mm. Again, the forever stamp, which is what I usually buy, I go in there and buy me the Purple Heart stamp. Uh, right now, it's 63 cents, but starting July 9th, it's going to go up to 60 cents for a darn stamp. Well, why they call it forever, oh, John? Because if you buy it, no matter what the increase is, they will still honor it. So if I went and bought a thousand of these forever stamps five years ago, I can still use them. So you still can five years plus now? That's why they're called forever. That's forever what stamps. I wondered. So some people went and bought a bunch of stamps. See, the Probably post office was, was counting on people buying bukus of these things, and they'd have all this money. They'd want a little boost then in there. To, to, and they wouldn't have to offer the service because people were just going to be sitting on them for a while. Unfortunately, people are still sitting on them uh, because they find other ways to communicate, not necessarily through the U.S. Postal Service, but the forever stamp going up, just like everything else. Well, you know, this administration has promised to do away with all uh, delivery uh, vehicles in the Postal Service by 2028 or something like that, and everything will be battery, according to this administration. So... A little of that forever extra may begin that direction. It sure appears that way. And that is a look at our Hour 1 headlines with John and Jerry here on this Friday edition of Talk with an Accent on All Things 
Southern. We'll take a break now and come back with a quick update on sports. We didn't have a chance to cover this on our Thursday show, but a perfect game pitch by a New York Yankees hurler out in Oakland this week. We'll explain how that happened and other sports headlines as we get you ready for the holiday weekend on this The Y'all Show. Talk with an accent on all things Southern. We'll be right back. We are back talking about everything going on in the Southeast on this, the show we call The Y'all Show. And we try to do our best job here on this show of being as perfect as we possibly can be. But despite our imperfections, we're going to keep trucking along. You know who was perfect this week as we have our Southern Sports Update? Only because they played late in Oakland. I wasn't even aware of this Thursday until I started goofing off and looking at websites about sports congratulations to domingo herman as he pitched a perfect game for the new york yankees this week as they played out in oakland and he had a perfect game the first perfect game in more than a decade he had no hits and no walks on 99 pitches in an 11-0 victory out at the former oakland coliseum in california Just an unbelievable performance there by this pitcher. And I think it's only like the 40th game ever in Major League history that's been a perfect game. Pretty impressive, wouldn't you say, Jerry Short? Oh, man, I'd have to go back to Dizzy Dean or Daffy Dean to give you a comparison, but it's flat impressive. He becomes only the fourth New York Yankees pitcher to toss a perfect game. The Dominican Republic pitcher joins in 1956, Don Larson threw a perfect game. In 1998, David Wells, the big guy, threw a perfect game for the Yanks. And just the very next year, 1999, David Cohn tossed a perfect game for the Bronx Bombers. But this guy now with a perfect game in that huge, huge win out in Oakland. You know, they're not going to have baseball in Oakland much, not much longer. They're moving to Vegas, it appears. What a way to for Yankees fans, at least on the left coast, to celebrate this perfection with a perfect game pitched by this Dominican pitcher. It's amazing how those Caribbean nations produce so many great baseball players. You could go back to Roberto Clemente, although he was from a U.S. territory in Puerto Rico. 
gosh, they take baseball extra serious down there. I'm surprised they don't take like football kind of serious. Well, John, it's you know, it's football is just you know, you can play baseball in a sandlot, and like we used to do here. That's the reason we had so much better baseball, I think, in the old days, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You like 70s. those old days. Well, I'm going. I was going on up the ladder a little bit there, <laughs> but uh, I can go on up to Pete Rose. I think he was the last person I saw play pro ball and met him in Cooperstown last year. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that uh, the, as far as him not having, they don't have all those other sports, and mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like if they had, uh, they know they they could do basketball, but football would be a little expensive, a little hot, weather not conducive. So you got those things probably that would be a hindrance. Yep. All right. Well, maybe one day they'll have somebody break through and be a football star from one of those island nations. Lastly, in our sports headlines for this opening hour of this Friday Y'all Show, a couple of NFL players being suspended by the league for gambling violations as the NFL cracking down on gambling. A couple of Indianapolis Colts players, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry, as well as free agent Demetrius Taylor, suspended indefinitely through at least the entire 2023 season for betting on NFL games during the 2022 season. Also, an offensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans, Nicholas Free, suspended six games for betting on other sports at his workplace. All this being announced Thursday by the NFL. So we're going to see a couple of those guys on the Colts again, not able to play. I'm sure they're going to try to appeal it, but the two players – out for the year, according to the NFL Colts players, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry, getting in a lot of trouble for betting on the NFL. You were talking about Pete Rose. Yeah, Pete Rose offense. had the same situation. Now, that's a pretty severe penalty. You don't know what they did or who they bet on or anything uh, pertaining to their uh, case. Yeah. All right, well, we'll keep you posted on any further developments on that case. We're going to wrap up our number one when we come right back. We're going to rewind to Monday's show, Megan Headwall. She and I were talking about the one-year anniversary of Roe versus Wade, and we're going to have a clip of that conversation in our ICYMI. In case y'all missed it, it's up next. And welcome back into the show that shakes the Southland. We are the Y'all Show. And on Fridays at this point in our program, we have a chance to rewind to a point of our show from throughout the week that we call I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. And on Monday's show, our co-host Megan Headwall and I, we had a conversation about the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs decision where the U.S. Supreme Court struck down Roe versus Wade. And she and I talked about how that happened and the impact that is still being felt by that June 2022 decision from our nation's highest court. And here is that clip from earlier this week here on the Y'all Show. Abortions aren't exactly a, a wonderful thing or look to be that way in many of our southern states. It's, it's it's at least now harder to get one. What is your advice to a, a, a child, a, a teenager, for example, who is carrying a baby and they don't know what to do. What, what is your advice? You know, that that's such a hard thing to answer. I okay. mean, I've never been in that position. Um, I don't know what I would do. If well, it I was wasn't that all position. that long ago. You were in your teenage years. So right. I, and I, I don't know what I would do. It depends too. I mean, that would be so hard 
my beliefs, I believe that life happens at conception. Yeah. But I also have a supportive family backing me so that if something did happen, I do have a support system. Some of these women, these girls don't have that support system and they're kind of on their own. Megan, and that's a scary thing. I'm picking on you because, again, it wasn't all that long ago you were a teenager. Is this something that is talked about in schools? Did y'all have time where people gave y'all input in a school, either way, but, pro or against abortion? Well, back when I was in school, a girl was a girl and a boy was a boy. So oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Now there's all kinds of confusion. I don't know what they talk about in sex ed classes now, but, I mean, abstinence was the big thing. And we do know that our tax dollars are going to, quote, unquote, free birth control. And so there are options out there. Um, and, again, there's always, like, special cases, too, where maybe the mother's life is threatened or rape. And, you know, it's just... There's so many factors that can play into these things. And that was a clip from the Monday Y'all Show. Megan Headwall and I talked about the decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in June of 2022 to overturn Roe versus Wade and the Dobbs decision. And we discussed Monday the impact that we're still seeing from that June 2022 case. And that's part of our ICYMI. In case y'all missed it, the full interview, you can go back and hear in our archives. Jerry and I are ready for hour two of the Y'all Show, and we're going to get that going right after this quick timeout on the show that's all about the South. And we are back for hour two on this Friday edition of talking about what all's going on in the 16 southern states. I'm John Rawl, joined by our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Shorts, actually helping me host this edition, getting you ready for, for some of you at five, maybe a almost a 12-day weekend as the Independence Day falls on Tuesday this year. So that's the national holiday. We will be... Away Tuesday. We will not have an original y'all show. That's the day Jerry normally files his Takapola story report. But because of us not getting together Tuesday, we decided to reward y'all with Jerry sitting here on this Friday edition and helping me talk about what all is going across the Southeast. And Jerry, always fun to meet up with you. You know, here on the y'all show, we cover 16 southern states. And Jerry, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to rattle off if you can't help me the 16 states that we cover in alphabetical order. So Mm. what do you think our first state that we're all about? Alabama. You are correct. What's next? Okay, Uh, Arkansas. You are correct. Wow, you're doing pretty good. Two Uh for two. Next up. Oh, let's see. You said it to me. There's 16 of them. Come on. Let's see. It's probably your favorite letter grade. Carolina. Your favorite letter. North Carolina. No, it's probably your favorite letter grade in school. Oh, Florida, come on in here. <laughs> Florida's there. And then after Florida, uh, their neighbor to the north. Uh, come on in here, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's and, in there. Uh, then we have to skip forward to the Ks. Just, just give me a look, Kentucky. Yeah, then and, we go uh, to your really one of your favorite states. You found true love in this state. Louisiana. Yeah, you were a loser in Louisiana. Uh, yeah, well, no, I'm a kidding. Bowl. I'm kidding. No, That's not true. No, I had a good wife. It was me. No, you were the loser. <laughs> yeah. You were the loser in Louisiana. All yeah. right. 
Then we go to Maryland, which I'm going to let you have that one. Oh, that's, well, that's semi. That's borderline southern, but we yeah. can we count it. It's below the Mason-Dixon line. And then we got a state that you know a little bit about. Oklahoma? No. Texas? Starts with an M. No, we're not the T's yet. No. Start with an M? Yeah, it starts with an M. Oh, uh, it's got to be Mississippi. You are correct. And okay. after Mississippi, uh, is, you already threw Maryland in there, didn't you? Yeah, you got to be. You're it's using, another end. There's three ends. Missouri. We, yeah, we haven't got to show me, but you're show using me. Missouri, the yeah. show me state. Yeah, we, we got. Missouri. I like I like Missouri. I know. That's good. I know we got Missouri. Oh. Then we go to. Then we go to. Uh, Letter just you after you end. don't go to Nebraska or anywhere like that. Not yet. And uh, let's see. No, you don't go to any of those. I know where. Uh, North Carolina, I'm yeah, sure you go North, there. North Carolina, we got and, North Carolina. Uh, then that other place you just mentioned, you're uh, ready to talk about Oak. Oklahoma, yeah. my, one of my favorite places. Yeah, we got Oklahoma yeah. covered here. Then we go to that ta- the state you just mentioned. The South Carolina operation. Yes, yeah, one were, of the best we're already down of the, the South, one of the top 16 yeah, states. Yeah, got to be right in there with Mississippi. In the South. Yeah, in the South. Yeah. And then uh, uh, you got South Carolina. Uh, then how many, it can't be, how many have we done? There's two. T states we covered. Oh, here. we still got two T's, Tennessee and Texas. You are correct. Okay, Tennessee, does Texas. Does cover them all? No, we still are missing two more, and they're neighbors. Okay, they're neighbors of Tennessee and Texas, or no. neighbors of us. Well, one of them borders Tennessee. We got Arkansas already. Got Missouri already. We got Kentucky already. We yeah. got. Louisiana We're down at the bottom. Oh, uh, we got Florida already. We got all. We this. got Georgia already. Good we thing got, we're not grading your paper here. We got Alabama. Already. We got all of them. There's only two left, and they are. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give me a clue then. I said they, they border each other. Oh, they border each other. I thought you meant they bordered us, and I knew we had all ours. So uh, I would say you probably uh, – are you counting uh, – well, I even said Virginia. Yep, that's one and, of them. And uh, are you counting West Virginia? Yeah, I do count okay. West Virginia. So if you're counting Virginia and West Virginia, well, they border the 16 southern states. Yeah. And I realize, as I've said before on this show, some of these southern states aren't as quite as uh, – down home, redneck, southern, 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 black-eyed peas. But they all have southern elements. They all, yeah. like, for example, West Virginia. I mean, there's a lot of southern stuff in West Virginia. I mean, Joe Manchin, the former governor of that state, told me personally in Charleston that they have in their state two statues on their state house grounds. You know what what they are? They only have two statues on Robert their entire. E. Lee, no, no. Oh, well, e. I know where one is because I saw it. I think I don't know if it's a capital. They got Stonewall Jackson. That's one of them. There. Who is a native of uh, West I, Virginia now, technically? Yeah, and they've got his statue where he, is, where he was born, wasn't he? No, it's on the state house. It might be, but it's on the state house okay, grounds in okay. Charleston. And yeah, then I think there's another the horse. There was another guy on the state house grounds of West Virginia uh, who was also from that area. No, well, he was from a state away from there, but he was kind of responsible for its creation during mm. the same time that Stonewall Jackson was alive. Hope he wouldn't pick it. No. No. <laughs> uh, How about Abraham Lincoln? Oh, mercy. That's right. I've been to his uh, cabin down under the hill just coming into Bart's. One uh, of these days, for fun, for, we'll have to discuss how West Virginia even became a state. Yeah, that was that was just an accident. It, 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 it's some controversy about yeah. that. And I think Virginians probably are still upset about it. But, yes, Virginia, uh, rather West Virginia, the mountain state, is a perfect example of yeah, they they may not be the most they, they may not be Alabama when it comes to no. as southern as you can be, but there are certainly elements of the South within that state. No, you we pull, cover them all here yeah. on the Y'all Show. No, you pull into a service station in West Virginia. Hey, on you know back in the cold country, back off the Blue Ridge, and you think you may be in the South. You know, it's not well, a lot are, of difference. You, you are in the South. You know? 
let's not forget one of the reasons we kind of came up with our map of the southern states is within each one of those 16 states that we cover here, you can be in those southern portions for sure, and you're not going to get laughed at if you use the word y'all. No, I've been laughed at out west and up north before. And uh, no, no, like, just any when word. You, when you say y'all, ha, 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 he, yeah. he said, what, he, say it again. Any word. Say it again. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> now, they don't laugh at you no. in, in most of West no, Virginia. And, and I do a lot of stuff in Pennsylvania and New York and up through there, too. And, boy, they get a charge. But they get a charge out west. Do they? Yeah, in Oregon and all. Oh, okay. I haven't been out there in a long time. I'll tell you a story about that one. Yeah, day. we'll have to save it for a Takapolo storyteller. Let's dive into the news here as we get this Hour two underway. We've got Paul Hare standing by. He's going to come on and talk about mid caps. If you haven't uh, invested in the stock market lately and you're looking for a mutual fund, Jerry, that's a good thing to learn about. And Paul Hare of the financial group called Hare Financial Group is going to be our special guest in the next segment. Plus, later in this hour, Jerry and I are going to walk you through the hot new movies hitting theaters this weekend, including the latest from Harrison Ford, the latest installment of Indiana Jones arriving this weekend, all part of our Dixie Cinema segment that we will be happy to tell you all about. Back to our news headlines. The big story coming out of Thursday was the U.S. Supreme Court striking down affirmative action and the role of higher education choosing race when they're selecting their students for their respective institution. No more race as a major factor in the decision of colleges like Harvard, which was part of this case, and also the University of North Carolina. The consideration of race and college admissions now being struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in a 6-3 decision. I'm a little surprised at that count. I mm. thought it might have been more of a 5-4. I am too. It uh, looks to me like uh, well, you're as conservative as some of them say we're getting that way, at least on a few subjects. The three justices in the dissent, I'm doing this off the top of my head. It was uh, Justice Katanji Jackson, the latest justice added, as well as Sotomayor and Justice Kagan. I guess all three of the liberal-leaning justices that are females, for sure, the only female left would have been Amy Barrett, and she voted in the winning side, the 6-3 side there. The conservatives with that, uh, and, and John Roberts, the chief justice, is the one who penned the he, majority he penned decision. The majority decision. Yeah. And, okay. I, you know, I was getting a little bit worried about John Roberts, but uh, hey, what maybe. About, are you worried about John Rawl? Uh, just occasionally. You know, <laughs> when you do your radio show, you're okay. When you're away from it, I worry a little. Yeah, bit. you should be. Okay. So the Supreme Court with a huge decision, Joe Biden. After the announcement came out, telling you what you would expect, he's not happy with the decision. The governor of North Carolina, which UNC was part of this case, he's not happy. He's a Democrat. He's not happy. So what are they going to try to do, Jerry? What are Democrats going to try to do to fight this? Is this going to be a stimulant for their cause heading into 2024, just like the Roe versus Wade overturning was a stimulant for the 2022 midterms? Yeah, I think they're going to start looking for loopholes. And then they're going to push that as long as they can. And it's going to depend on what happens in the street a lot, how much protesting they get. If they don't get a lot of protesting, they may not push this thing very far. But if they get protest in the street, look out. They're coming after you with all kind of things. You know, it's, it's like I heard uh, yesterday, I think, uh, 
the president when he had his little paragraph or two that he had on the decision when he said, you know, I'm not really that big into, uh, let's just say, into what Roe Raid was, but we're going to get it back. You're talking about Roe versus Wade? Right. Okay. He said we'll get it back. I'm for, I'm for it coming back or something to that effect. So they're going to be looking – they're going to be looking into every aspect and every loophole. I don't know what he personally is going to do to get it back. I mean, I was very, I guess, not surprised, but it's still pathetic that on a big deal where he makes a big deal to come out and have a press conference after the Supreme Court decision, he doesn't take a single question. No he walks away from the microphone, says he's going to talk about it later. I don't know if he did or not. Oh, he's the, going to New York. He guy, said he'd the, say something else about it uh, in New York. I, the guy I gets away with – uh, dodging the media, and they just attack Trump forever for supposedly dodging. Man, Trump loved to talk on the on the television and talk to the reporters, and and this guy Biden. I mean, he just confused what was it the war in Iraq? He talked. He called uh, the Russian Iran, U- Ukraine, Iraq, and all that stuff. He don't even know what part of the world he's in when he's talking about Ukraine. He's just talking about feeding them more billions. I think they threw another five hundred million the other day just for no reason at Ukraine. And, and you know, I'm not anti-Ukraine or talking that, but we can't just keep uh, spending our wealth over there. Well, I'm for defending Ukraine, but that doesn't mean it comes with a blank check. No, we got to have some help from the rest of NATO, and they're not a NATO country. No, and I think some of those countries are helping. They need to help more, but but it's like geez. like Bush would. I mean, like excuse me, like uh, Trump would say. You know, Please we're not getting confuse, our fair share from never anybody. confuse Trump and Bush. I know. Again. You know, I'm. It's like, kind of like Jesse Jackson said one time, stay out of the bushes, and I've tried to stay out of them. <laughs> you know, so he really said that. He did really say that. Okay. You know, he said, stay out of the bushes. And, hey, he was smarter than I give him credit for. That former presidential candidate himself. Yes, sir. That's what he said. Greenville, South Carolina's own Jesse Jackson. I'm actually surprised he's still uh, with us because he had it. some real he, serious health problems. I think his son, I, is his son, didn't he end up getting a – Beer distributorship and all kind of stuff out of that last deal. I think you went to jail. And then went to jail for that. Something they were doing. Yeah, it's a. So. uh, I don't know what. uh, I think he's got Parkinson's disease or something like that, Jesse Jackson. You're talking with Jesse? Yeah. I I think so. I'm not sure. We we need to find out what's going on with Jesse up in Chicago. I'm going to check into Jesse. Okay. You you do that. (laughs) But but, uh, we've got a president that seems to be every day declining in health and more and. and we're seeing already signs that he's going to be challenged. I had to tell you about this, that one guy that I'm pretty sure I saw announced the other day, I better double-check this. I think I'm pretty accurate. Somebody else running. I told you that Cornell West has put yeah, his you did tell me hat that. in the ring to run for president. And I'm going to double-check because I haven't actually seen it anymore. But, yeah, there we have it. It looks like yeah. he's running for president. And you can go to YouTube, and, and they've got an interview from just one day ago of him being interviewed on C-SPAN about his 2024 presidential bid. CornellWest24.com is the website. Justice is what love looks like in public. Huh. How about him as a president? Well, as a, how about him as a professor? He's running yeah. in the Green Party, by the way. He's oh, not running as a Democrat. Oh, he's not running as a Democrat? He says, I'm running for truth and justice as a candidate for president of the United States in the Green Party. I want to reintroduce America to the best of itself, the dignity, courage, and creativity of precious everyday people. Join our movement for priceless, poor, and working people of all colors here and abroad. 
Cornell West, and if he's serious about this, again, this is the guy that's been on TV forever. Uh-huh. Kind of looks like a black version of Albert Einstein. He's a he's an yeah. academic, but he's got that same hair and kind of the goatee. Same like goatee. Albert beard. Einstein. Turning white. And uh, he could pull votes away. He from, could. From I mean, you know, he could. And, you know, of course, you know, we don't – I don't feel like he got 80, 80, 80 million last time. So it wouldn't take a lot, I wouldn't think, because Trump was leading the last poll I saw. Even Republican voters – he had 80% with as many, what's he got running against him, 11 other people right now? Yeah. You know, he's got all those running against him, and Trump's still hanging at that. So uh, you go over to the Democratic side. I don't know why they're not getting more pull and support for Kennedy. Kennedy looks pretty dang, he's not completely left field all the way out there, you know? Well, he made a lot of liberals mad with his yeah. vaccination. Saying about the, well, he made them mad talking about his uncle probably being assassinated by the CIA, JFK. Yeah. You know, so you get into all that stuff. Did you, you see him working yeah, out? Yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> the guy looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody. <laughs> the guy had, and he, he actually was toned up. Now, I counted his push-ups, and he's a few short of what I would have thrown at him, but uh, he looked like he knocked out 10. He was trying for 10, and he had some pretty good. He's got uh, the shape. He's got yeah. the credentials. And you know I what was, he doesn't have? Thank God. His voice is horrible. Yeah, he's not a good speaker like that with the tone. And it's not he's even monotone. a Massachusetts accent. It's kind of he, a monotone he accent. He sounds like he's been vaping yeah. for 100 years. He's probably been all over the place, hasn't he? I don't know where he's been. Yeah, I don't either. But, uh, you know, I, right now, if I was a Democrat and I was one of these diehard Democrats and I was going to stay Democrat, I'd be looking at him over anybody else they've got. You and I haven't talked about this one now. Yeah. Uh. How about this story of the NFL player who was going to have a charity golf tournament? Oh, yeah. And the tournament ends up being canceled because it was going to be held at a Trump golf property in South Florida. South Florida. And it's the defensive back safety for Buffalo who took that lick in the chest that almost died, correct? I'm double-checking this. And uh, I'm double-checking this. Jordan Poyer. Is the player? This was not the same player okay. that got that. He plays that position. I think he's a Buffalo Bills safety. Jordan yeah. Poyer canceled his charity event because Donald Trump owned the Doral uh, Florida Golf Course, Trump National. Now this Poyer, is charity. This is a charity event. Poyer charity had to cancel his annual charity because it was at Trump's golf course. In a statement this week, he said, "Unfortunately, the location of the event led to a few sponsors and." Golfers withdrawing at the last minute due to external pressures. This was a charity event at a very good golf course. This was a course sure. that's hosted PGA Tour events, Doral. And, and charity. Only, only because of Donald Trump did this player decide to cancel at the last minute a charity event in South Florida. Buffalo Bills safety Jordan Poyer is the one that we're talking about here as he's well, I mean, back it out because of external pressure. How could you back out of a charity event, even if it was a uh, Biden golf course? Trump, Trump was not going to be there. No, this is just going to be on one they of his just golf courses. using his course. I mean, you know, would you back out of charity? I don't know exactly what this charity was for, but would you back out of it? It don't matter if it's charity, uh, unless he was raising money illegally, or that'd be the only fault I could see. Yeah, and probably not. People lose their mind when it comes to Donald Trump. I'll tell you. Yep, if you mention Trump. The last surviving sibling of Martin Luther King Jr. has died at age 95. Christine King Ferris 
was his older sister. She was born in 1927, the first child of MLK's father and mother. And she had another sibling, Reverend Alfred Daniel Williams King, who has passed away in recent years. But this woman was a professor at Spelman College, it looks like, for a large part of her career. And she's died now in Atlanta at age 95 years old. Christine King Ferris, sister of MLK. Postal Service is going to raise the rate of a forever stamp. It's going to go up from 63 Man. cents to 66, 66 cents starting July 9th. So Jerry, as Killer Bees would say, save up. Yeah, that should help FedEx and UPS too, you know. Save up, Jerry, not just because of the price of a stamp going up across the entire country, but a state that you know pretty well, Mississippi, is going to have some new laws starting July 1st. Are you aware of some of these new laws taking effect? I've heard they're making some changes from this last legislation. What uh, exactly? Some important rules, by the way, Tate Reeves and company have created in Jackson, Mississippi. One of the laws set to take effect Saturday is actually being challenged in federal court. It would expand the role of the Capitol Police Department in Jackson, and it would uh, create a new court with appointed judges. That's one thing. But the the fun thing here I was going to tell you about starting July 1st in the state of Mississippi, you got a new state fruit. State fruit? Yeah. Fig? No, not not a fig. Uh, How about blueberry? A blueberry. blueberry? You know, they have become a big popular... A lot of people are growing blueberries now. Some fourth graders from Madison County lobbied for the law as the blueberry will become Mississippi's official state fruit. Does no one else have the blueberry? I don't know. What about the good old blackberry? I don't know. That's one of those country boys are familiar Other new laws in Mississippi. Senate Bill 2346 goes into effect. It requires people to verify they are at least 18 before going on porn sites so you got to prove you're 18 that's, to get mississippi. On a por- that's only in mississippi that's a good law I like oh that. i think it's great it should be 21 yep should be zero there's also how about this one as we wrap up our headlines out of mississippi this week pecan theft senate or bill pecan as some of us yeah, mississippians some, some, yeah, some of you might say senate bill 2532 rather 2523 I know you're going to go home and study this thing. (laughs) It increases the penalties for stealing pecans that are being grown as crops. Wow. The Agricultural Commissioner of Mississippi, Andy Gibson, says thieves have taken loads of pecans from farmers, and now there's a heavier penalty for stealing nuts. Look, they shake those trees in the daytime with machinery, and if uh, they don't get them all picked by night, you could go out in those big uh, pecan plantations. And get pecans galore. Yep. And one other last designation. Mississippi also, in addition to having blueberries as its official state fruit, the Magnolia State also has just come up with its own gemstone. Want to take a gamble of which one it is, sir? You know, that's one thing we're kind of lacking in is stones. Yeah. Uh, gravel. Would be <laughs> a rock. No, no, no. The official gemstone as of July 1st in Mississippi is the Mississippi Opal. You ever heard of that? Yeah, but I don't know where they are. I ain't dug any up lately yeah. or found well, any. You might want to start digging. Yeah, it must be around the volcanic of course, area. I think you'd be better off going over to Arkansas where they actually have diamonds. Yeah, I've been to that diamond field in have Arkansas you? before. Not in you had any, any luck? I didn't find one, by gosh. Oh, my gosh. It was muddy and it rained that day, and I didn't want to wade in that mud. So I let my grandson make a trip through it. All right. And our last story headline for this hour, too, of y'all. 
comes to us from East Tennessee. Congratulations to the Windy Hill Farm and Preserve in East Tennessee as this won Travel Awaits 2023 Best of Travel Awards for the best splurge-worthy restaurant in the entire world and a top luxury hotel in the U.S. What's the name? It is, it's in East Tennessee, and it's called the Windy Hill Farm and Preserve in Loudoun, Tennessee. In they, East Tennessee. They just opened up last year and mm. already getting this incredible acclaim as being the Travel Awaits 2023 Best of Travel Awards for Best Splurge-Worthy Restaurant in the entire world. Oh, I'd have to go try that one if it went a little closer. Yeah, they've got Garden to Table Cuisine that are crafted by their on-site chef and the chef even includes fresh honey made from bees right there at this East Tennessee place. They've got amazing food. You can lodge there and more. The mm. executive chef is Ben Warwick at mm. this wonderful place in Loudoun, Tennessee. Check it out. Again, it is the most splurge-worthy restaurant in the entire world in Loudoun, Tennessee, the Windy Hill Farm and Preserve. I'm going to have to try that. You've got a wife. You might want to splurge yeah, on her I, there. I come through that area a lot. Do you really? Coming down 81, coming on into Knoxville, and I 40 all the way across the state. Well, go splurge. I don't think I may do it. I'll tell you what, you can splurge if you listen to the advice of Paul Hare. And Paul is going to join us in the next segment. He's going to come on and talk about mid caps in terms of mutual funds and more. So get ready to learn all about money. Thanks to Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. That's right after this break here on Y'all. We want to hear you here at Super Talk 93.1 on shows like The Y'all Show, The Patriot Pastor, and The Frankie Lack Show. We've got a text line that you can text us and participate in the program. That number is 731-410-7560. And the Super Talk 93.1 text line is powered by See Me Tree Service. They are a West Tennessee-based company. And they will help you with any of your tree removal problems, tree trimming, tree elevation, pruning, tree topping, stump grinding, and more. They're a small family-owned business that's licensed and insured, and you can call See Me Tree Service for a free estimate. Call them at 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. For all of your tree removal or tree issues going on, give them a call for that free estimate. 731-617-2236. 731-617-2236. See me tree service powering the Super Talk 93.1 text line. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high Baby, you're the apple of my eye Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank Honey, your love's better than money in the bank Yes, we love that money in the bank it's the Y'all Show Friday edition. And Fridays in our second hour, Paul Hare drops by. Paul is with the Hare Financial Group, 731-664-0047. is the way for you to get in touch with Paul if you've got questions 
about uh, how you can maybe invest or more. He will be happy to walk you through the process. And, Paul, we start out our conversation with you today. We're going to talk about mid-caps, but I want to first talk about something that broke on Thursday, the U.S. Supreme Court with a big decision. And my question to you, sir, Mr. Financial Guy, how big of an impact do Supreme Court decisions have on the financial world? Well, it it depends on, and I'm sorry, I have not seen it yet. Uh, I, I climbed on a bike this morning and rode. Yeah, well, it was the so. affirmative action case, essentially, where Asian students were being left out of some of our prominent schools because of their race, and the Supreme Court now is overturning whatever the existing law was, essentially taking out race on some of these college admissions. Okay. So that's, okay. that's kind of the biggest case that was going to be determined here in this current session. In 2022, we saw Roe v. Wade overturned by the Dobbs decision. Right. So do you see Supreme Court decisions affecting the stocks and stuff like oh, that? Oh, most definitely. You do? Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, you, can, you can go back to how labor unions started, how uh, labor unions had the right for collective bargaining. Uh, you can also go back to uh, wages, proper wages. Uh, you can go to where, you know, are you, are you paying people based on their ability? Are you paying uh, people based on how you perceive them, whether it's gender, race, you know, vocation, geographic, whatever? You know, that that's how they look at things. I, I'll give you a good example just here in Jackson, Tennessee, and I don't think the Supreme Court will work on that, but it doesn't have to do with wages. It has to do with gas price. Okay. All right, you go out south and you're going to pay $2.87 a gallon. You go out north, you're going to pay three oh nine. Now, you're trying to tell me there's a cheaper way to get gas to uh, the south than it is to the north? So, this is in one you know, town. One town. There's, this, this oh, no, it's it, you, you can basically look at where it is at all times. Uh, I went down to Tupelo, Mississippi last night, and you, you know, there's social economic parts of Tupelo. Well, you know, you can you can go to certain parts of Tupelo and I was looking at gas at Walmart at three three nineteen and then I went to another part of Tupelo and gas was two ninety nine a gallon. So there's you know there are things like that. So mm. yes, Supreme Court can have a uh, effect on it. The biggest uh, effect can be is how companies view uh, wages because that's the, that's the biggest thing that affects a, the bottom line of a company mm-hmm. also benefits and so yeah it can it can play a, it can play a a major major part yeah it's just depend on what the ruling is well last year so, we saw the Roe v Wade be overturned did you see immediate impacts on that um not really so much in stock price i did see it in Health coverage. Uh, I saw some companies uh, health premiums go down, which was interesting. And when you read the packet, they looked at it as uh, did that have the right to remove some reproductive coverages? Uh, some of them did. Now you've got to remember in <clears throat> in the insurance business, there's two categories. There's what's called ACA approved, or we call it Obamacare, Affordable Care Act approved plans, and then you have some that are not approved or non-approved plans 
that you can buy out on the open market. You just don't get the tax deductions and all that. And they don't base, they do not have to follow the, the basic guidelines of the uh, ACA. Case in point, ACA plan. I've got a gentleman right now, uh, that's 25 years old and we sat down and looked at it. And I just to show him the comparisons. I said, look at the ACA. Why is it higher? Well, I have to include well-born childcare. He goes, I'm a male. I said, it doesn't matter if you're a male or female. You have to buy it. Well, what if I'm not married? Doesn't matter. You have to buy it. So it, it's just examples like that, which makes those plans a lot higher. So, you know, well, it's just things like that. Well-born child care. Word of yeah. the day here. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got group insurance, whether you're married or single, male or past childbearing years, you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. So... It's part of the package plan included in um, the premium that they quote groups. So they just carried it over to individual in the ACA plan. So, But that just gives you some ideas of how things can be affected by laws and by uh, Supreme Court rulings. So, Very well. We're talking with go. Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group, an insurance and investment agency. You can give them a call at 731-664-0047. Now, Professor Paul, you and I have Professor been, Paul. You and I have been oh. on this whole uh, you know, mutual fund type thing for a couple of weeks now, and today yes, the subject sir. is mid-caps, what they are, Correct. the definition, and the classes of mid-caps. So without right. further ado, Professor. All right. The best way to describe a mid-cap is any company that has a capitalization of less than 24 uh, $24 billion, okay? Really, a mid-cap falls in the market capitalization of 2 to 10, but they are some that can be as high as 24 because of their nature of their scope. But large, you know, um, mid-caps are going to fall in that area. Uh, they offer kind of a buffer. And what I mean by that, if you were to break down the classes, we talked about large cap last time. If you were to break down the classes, large cap offer more stability but slower chance of growth. Small cap offers great possibilities of growth but create larger risk. People, uh, the definition of small cap is they have the ability to grow with less effects from market swings okay they i shouldn't say less effect they have less effect than small caps do um in mid caps people under think well they're just starting off they've only hit this uh level because they're new and they've got a lot of capitalization eventually they'll move up a lot of companies don't move up uh some companies just stay in that mid cap range because that's the way their stock price is set and the number of stock that is out there Remember what we talked about, what determines capitalization is the number of outstanding shares of stock times their stock price. So you could have a mid-cap company who has financials better than a large cap, but because they do not issue a lot of stock, that there's not a lot of stock out there, their price is high, it can force them into the mid-cap range. So... And give you some examples of 
uh, indexes you can follow. You've got the Midcap 400, the Russell 1000, the Wilshire US uh, Midcap. These are indexes that follow these um, trends, these what are called Midcap funds. And what was interesting in 2022, the smallest stock, uh, smallest capitalization fund, or, or excuse me, company in the mid cap range only had 0.8 billion in capitalization, but yet the largest had 23 point, no, excuse me, 24.8 billion. So, you know, when they say it's in this range, it could be, but the way the company issues stock can control whether they move up to large cap, they move down uh, uh, small cap, or they remain mid cap. So I know that's kind of dull to hear, but that ha- plays a major part in what type of fund that you will be investing in. So, And Paul, when someone like you, a investment agency, meets with a client, you kind of spread the wealth, don't you, through the different types of classes? I do. Uh, depending on their risk tolerance, we sit down like, a, you know, after we've done a uh, initial meeting, uh, we sit down, we do a risk tolerance test. We sit down and say, okay, this tells me what your risk tolerance is. And then I, res- I schedule a second meeting because to put a, a plan together, I can't just pull it up on the computer, type in the numbers, and it magically pulls up a plan. You have to sit down, design it, put it against the risk tolerance test, do all this, move in and out. Depending on the risk tolerance, some people can have as much as 20% of their portfolio in mid-cap, and they could have as little as 5% in, in the mid-cap. They could not have any. I, I don't have a portfolio that does not have any, but... Um, you know, there's there's a possibility out there that a person could test that mid-cap is not in their risk tolerance at all. So, all right. it's, yeah. Mid-cap is the word of the day today. And a reminder, if you're just tuning in, the definition and the class of mid-cap, Paul? The definition is take their capitalization ranges anywhere from $2 billion to $10 billion, but based on their stock and the number of cap. And remember how we say capitalization is the number of outsharing outstanding shares times their stock price that determines the capitalization of the company. And, but like we said, we, there's a one in the range right now that's 0.8 billion. And there's one in there that's a well-known company that's 23.4 billion. And they do not want to be moved out of that mid cap range. So they may do a stock purchase back to keep their 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 outstanding stock number down so they can keep in that range. Again, if you have questions, if you would like to talk to Paul about possibly having him help you with your investments, 731-664-0047. And Paul's going to be working Monday. You know, some people are taking like eight-day vacations here the next couple of days due to Independence Day following on a falling on a Tuesday this year. Paul's gonna be working hard. Heck, knowing you Paul, you might even be working on Tuesday. No, I won't be working on Tuesday. Tuesday I'll be climbing on a bike and riding forty miles for uh, Jackson Spokes has set up a bike ride for July the fourth. So I'm gonna get up at 
crazy me's getting up at five o'clock to climb on a bike by seven thirty to ride th- thirty to forty miles. So and that includes but, uh, that includes hills. You're going to be going up and down hills. Well, my doctor's Fred Sesty. Love the man. Do anything for him. He's a fine doctor. But I'm going to tell you right now, the man's crazy because he loves hills. And so, yeah, it's going to be some hills. If Fred Sessy designs the, the route, it's going to be hills. But uh, he, 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 I tell you what, he is, you notice I've lost a considerable amount of weight. Well, credit that man on what he did for me. So, and part of it was climbing hills, which I'm still mad at him about. I'm sure he also cut you out of some foods. Yes, he did. He increased exercise and took away some of my favorite foods, but I needed to do it. So. Yeah. Well, you're looking good. Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group, again today talking about mid-caps. And next time we get together, Paul, we're going to switch over and talk about small caps. That's the discussion. We're going to talk about small caps. Yes, sir. All right. So, Paul, for you and your family, bike ride and all, have a wonderful 4th of July, and we will look forward to seeing you right back here next week. Sounds great. Y'all have a great and safe fourth too, John, and everybody listening. All right. Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group. We will continue on with more of this second hour of the show that shakes the Southland. We are y'all, and we're coming right back with a look at the new movies. It's a big weekend for movies hitting the box office, and I'll tell you what they are in our Dixie Cinema Report, and it is up next. And we are back on y'all now going to talk about movies hitting theaters. This is a big weekend for movies across the country. This is the y'all show where we focus on all things Southern. John Rawl back with Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller who's guest hosting here as we have this Friday edition coming your way. The music you are hearing coming back from break courtesy of Indiana Jones. And this weekend, 80 year old and just a few days from now, he'll be 81 year old. Harrison Ford starring in this brand new film hitting theaters this holiday weekend as Independence Day is Tuesday. And that's the reason it's going to be a massive weekend at the box office, especially for people heading out to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny as Jones races against time to retrieve a legendary artifact that can change the course of history. I'm pretty sure, Jerry, this is going to be Harrison Ford. His last role as Indiana Jones, as he did this movie when he was 79 and 80, I guess, in production. And, okay. But but he looked pretty good. I mean, he's pretty buff for an 80-year-old. For 80-year-old guy. And me and him are about the same age. <laughs> Harrison Ford stars in this alongside Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Antonio Banderas in this new Indiana Jones. Now, this next actress is a certain Kentucky girl, for sure. She grew up in the... Louisville area, Jennifer Lawrence. She's back on the big screen with a brand new movie hitting theaters this weekend. No hard feelings. On the brink of losing her job, Maddie finds an intriguing job listing. Helicopter parents 
looking for someone to bring their introverted 19-year-old son out of his shell before college. She has one summer to make him a man or die trying. I think they actually kind of have a little thing going well, on. Well, I was going to ask what it was rated. It is rated R, but I think she falls for this guy. The guy in the movie portrayed by actor Andrew Barth Feldman. Matthew Broderick's also in this film. I think he stars as the father. But Jennifer Lawrence, the Hunger Games star, that's the the movie that she became very famous for some 12 years ago. She's now, Jennifer Lawrence, 32 years old. born oh, she's in, young. Born in Indian Hills, Kentucky. And she also is the father, uh, the mother of a child. She's got one with spouse Cook Maroney. But her latest film out this weekend, check it out if you get a chance. It's called No Hard Feelings. Looks like it's a rom-com, again, with Jennifer Lawrence out this weekend, this movie. And we're going to tell you a lot more about the Kentucky actress. We're actually going to carry our Jennifer Love discussion into our third hour today because, as I was saying, she got to be really famous especially when The Hunger Games came out, and she was the big star of that. And there is a song from The Hunger Games called Hanging Tree, and she performs that. So in honor of Jennifer Lawrence and her getting a brand-new movie out this weekend, I thought we would salute this Southern actress in a big way with more about The Hunger Games, more Jennifer Lawrence info coming as we start our third hour of The Y'all Show as part of our Free For Y'all getting you ready for the weekend. One last film to tell you about here in our new movies hitting three uh, theaters this weekend. It's a movie called, it's an animation movie called Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. A shy adolescent learns she's come from a fabled royal family of legendary sea krakens and that her destiny lies in the depths of the waters, which is bigger than she could have ever imagined. This has got the, uh, how about this lady? She's in another film, in this case, uh, animation, so it's just her voice. Jane Fonda, one of the voices in this Jane Fonda. film. Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, an animated film out this holiday weekend. I know you're going to rush down and get a ticket no, for that one. you know, I'm not much on this animation thing. There are a lot of animated films. I know it. Lots. I, just, I like it more realistic. I I'm I'm totally with you there, Jerry. But unfortunately, people are evidently buying these and going they to are. They're big deal. see these it's animated gonna... films. I can't stand it from an acting standpoint because all these people really do is voice. They're just they, reading they a line. They're just reading a script, and they get paid unbelievable millions of dollars just for reading something. And that, Jane, that ain't Ponder, right. I don't know what age she's playing in this animation, but she's got to be eighty-five. She's up there. She's been in a couple of real movies in the last year. She's been in two major. Fonda, yeah, hey. she's been in two major movies in the last year. I've actually seen one of those movies, Eighty for Brady, twice. Cherry Short. Oh, I remember when I was in high school in a movie she did, Walk on the Wild Side. I don't remember that. One. New Orleans. I don't. She remember crossed that. that bridge, and she was a uh, lady of the evening. So that's a look at the box office for this again long weekend for many of you. If you want to go out and see a movie, you are in luck. That wraps up Hour 2 of this Y'all Show. We're going to come back and wrap up the show for the entire week as we have our third hour. It's Jerry, it's John, it's Y'all. Thank you for listening. Y'all.com presents this, the show about the South. Go there. It is the South's homepage, and we'll be right back with more. Hour 3 of Y'all has begun. Welcome in. It is Independence Weekend. John Rawl, Jerry Short with you. Let's all sing along and have a little party crowd. She couldn't keep from crying when she told 
was breaking her heart And she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings And the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me So I'm sitting here Soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party track Slamming the back And laughing out loud With the smoke so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like I just don't care If they're dancing over here The weekend is here, everybody, and happy early 4th of July to all y'all. John and Jerry, the Takapola storyteller, he's sticking around because Tuesday next week when 4th of July arrives, we're not going to have an original y'all show. So, Jerry, we're letting you come in here early. In fact, a requirement of your coming on early, you got to help me sing right now. Ooh, can I hum? You can do whatever you want to. Let's <laughs> Everybody, that includes all y'all listening to us. Let's do our best party crowd if you if you don't mind. With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds and looking for a party crowd. Oh, let me hear you tonight. I'm looking for a party crowd. Slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick. The blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over there I'm making the rounds and looking for a party crowd And you know what, Jerry Short, there's going to be a lot of partying going on over these next few days In fact, I want to remind everybody, please be safe I know it's hot out there you got uh, bad weather popping up in some spots throughout the next couple of days. But if you're going to be out on the lakes and the waters of the south, make sure you follow the rules and don't go out there and get caught drinking and cause any kind of problems if you're in a boat or out on the highway. I know law enforcement big time looks out over this next couple of days for people that are under the influence of alcohol and drugs. We want everybody to have the greatest couple of days, but we want you to party like David Lee Murphy there, but party responsibly. You are absolutely right, John. I've had uh, I've had a lot of friends that uh, these holidays took their life and uh, could have been from drowning, could have been from a car accident, 
or something similar. So uh, everybody be careful and uh, pay attention to that other fuller. That's the one you got to watch out for. Mm-hmm. You know, you got yourself under control if you're not drinking. So don't drink and drive, please, and uh, watch out for who's coming down the road ahead of you, behind you, or from the side. And not that drinking and driving's ever been an excuse. I, I'm the first to admit I've probably been behind the wheel when I shouldn't have been in the past. But we have no excuse now with the rideshare apps and stuff. It's so easy to get help. Oh, you can get all the help you want, and and don't do it. And there's going to be roadblocks out there also. So you know, pay attention to all that stuff. And and you don't have to drink to have a good time. You can you can have a good time on life itself, and when you get to where you're going, and that's a different situation. If you're confined to a hotel or a lobby or a bar, and a a group of you on the beach, but you don't, you don't have to overdo it. You know, just stay within the limit limits. Yeah, definitely want everybody to be having a great time, but following the rules. You know, one thing that happens in today's world that may not have happened back in your time, Jerry, is there's a lot of publications out there that will put you on the front page when you have your mug shot from getting a, a DUI, for example. Yeah, that's that's true, and that's a good that's a good thing, really, because one DUI, DUI may lead to a two or a three or a four DUI. Well, it's bad enough to get the the problem of being arrested and possibly people finding out about it. But when they find out about it because your mugshot splattered all over the area, yeah. that might be enough reason to keep some people from doing it. There's no, there's really no excuse to do it anyway. But if you do it, you know, when I grew up, alcohol was not legal in the area that I grew up in. You could not buy whiskey or beer. could not buy either one within a 100-mile radius of where I grew up. So I didn't, until I went to Louisiana and they were drinking regular. You know, New Orleans is a party town. And if you go down there, it's just a way of life. But up here, it was not. So I didn't I didn't get into it, thankfully. If I'd have lived where they did it, I might have gotten into it. But to this day, I don't drink and I don't smoke. And, you know, I'm not saying that as a bragger or anything. I'm just saying that, that that's, it's been better for me. And I'm glad I didn't because besides what it could cause to somebody else and yourself it could also cost you a lot of money just pertaining to buying these things like cigarettes and alcohol hmm. yeah jerry has other vices not liquor oh. and drugs and yeah i bad about fighting smoking even he's right well one thing you can do this weekend instead of getting uh under the influence you can go see a movie we just in the previous segment of this Friday show, walk through some great films that are appearing this weekend. You've got the brand new Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Harrison Ford starring in that one. But the other big movie coming out this weekend is from Kentucky native Jennifer Lawrence and her new movie, No Hard Feelings. In this movie, she plays the role of Maddie, and on the brink of losing her home, Jennifer Lawrence's character Maddie finds an intriguing job listing helicopter parents looking for someone to bring their introverted 19-year-old son out of his shell before college. She's got a summer to make him a man or die trying. She stars in this movie alongside Andrew Barth Feldman. Matthew Broderick is also in this new film called No Hard Feelings. So 
In this section of the Y'all Show Fridays, we like to spotlight Southerners or Southern culture. And I thought, it's been a while since we've seen a Jennifer Lawrence movie. In fact, it was 2022, early in 2022, when her last movie, Causeway, came out. She also helped produce that particular drama film that was out in 2022. But she really hasn't been in a a ton of movies, mainly because she's now a mother. Jennifer Lawrence was born outside of Louisville in Indian Hills, Kentucky. She's now 32 years young, and she's had a long career now, stretching almost two decades of pumping out big films. She's certainly an A-lister in Hollywood. She's been, she started her film career in the movie Garden Party back in 2008. She's also been in several movies like Winter's Bone, X-Men. She was in American Hustle. She was in Serena, where she played Serena Pemberton in that movie. But the series that she's most famous for is The Hunger Games. And that debuted back in 2012 as she played the role of Katniss Everdeen in this action film that Gary Ross directed. And she was the star of The Hunger Games, which was a massive success at the box office as it secured nearly $700 million on a $78 million budget. That's pretty darn good. Tenfold will work every time. Yeah, and she was in that movie alongside Woody Harrelson, Lenny Kravitz, and others. Donald Sutherland was in the original Hunger Games, and that original film was such a big, big film for Jennifer Lawrence that they ended up having subsequent films that she played in, like The Hunger Games Part 1, Mocking J Part 1, Mocking J Part 2 came out the next year, 2015. And she hasn't had another one since that time. I'm not sure what the, I didn't see the rest of those Hunger Games, but I'm not sure if that series is completely dead or if there's the chance that she can be in a, another Hunger Games because they've been very successful. Who Jennifer, else did you say, excuse me, who else did you say was in Hunger Games, John? One of them was Don, Donald Sutherland. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Okay. Remember him? Yeah. He's still with us. Donald. I thought you said Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he was in there. I he mean, was? That guy's okay. been a... You know, I, he was doing a movie in uh, Malibu that I was filming with a movie camera, and they excused me from the set. It was called White Men Can't Jump. But I didn't know what it was. I just walked... I was spending the night in Malibu, and I saw they was having a movie, and I used to be bad about chasing movies. I've been... I've seen about every actor there ever was because I used to make movies in Mississippi regular. But uh, anyway, they saw me with that camera, and they come over and told me, you're going to have to get off of the set with that camera. So they escorted me off of the set. Hmm. That last Hunger Games movie, by the way, Mocking Jay Part 2, Woody Harrelson was in that. Also, you had Donald Sutherland was in there. But in that movie, you had maybe one of his last films, the late great actor Philip Seymour Hoffman. What about Donald Sutherland? How old? Is he still around? He is. Donald Sutherland is now 87 years old, the native of New Brunswick in Canada. Huh. 87 years young. He's a Canadian? Yeah. I didn't know that. He's got a son that was an actor, too, right? Yeah, son. Kiefer is still making movies and more, but I'm looking up. Donald Sutherland actually appears as Judge Wren in this 2023 movie called Miranda's Victim. I don't know if it's been released yet, but he's in a movie out this year. Donald Sutherland made a movie that uh, he played a role that uh, the actor, the part that he played was a gentleman that would have been kin to myself. 
It was called uh, The Bell Witch, American Haunting. And they filmed it overseas, and The Bell Witch was haunted up in Tennessee. <laughs> and uh, she's buried in Water Valley, Mississippi, his daughter. What year are we talking about here? We're talking, they made that movie about... Uh, Ooh, American Haunting, uh, I'd say. It's uh, called American Haunting? Uh-huh. And uh, Donald Sutherland. And, uh, I think Sissy Basic was a female, his wife, in that. And uh, it was about I had uh, a, a bell. Uh, Betsy Bell was kidding that, I'm, I'm looking way back in Donald Sutherland's film career for that movie. American Haunting came out in 2005. Been that long ago. It's only been 18 years. I thought yeah. it was one of his early career. No, uh, he was old. He played an older man. He was Betsy Bell's daddy, who Betsy Bell is kin to me on both sides, through my mother's side and my daddy's side. And she came, uh, she had to leave up there. And they call it, the, She called, she's called the Bell Witch. And... Uh, She's buried. Is Sissy Spacek in that? Yeah, she is. She's I his thought co-star. she was a female. In she's that. in there. Yeah, and uh, she's buried out here at a place called Long Branch Cemetery uh, today. She came down here till she died. She married a, her school teacher, and she was haunted on the school ground. It was one of those dark movies made overseas. Andrew Jackson came out to try to help him. He was friends with uh, John Bell, I believe was his name. In the, uh, he's supposedly like my eighth cousin or something, you know. Congratulations. You go way back. But uh, that was up in Adams, Tennessee is where it took place. Adams or Adamsville. Right up on the Kentucky line, it's uh, Adams, Adams, isn't it? Okay, maybe. And, uh, Adamsville fact, is not far yeah. from Savannah. No, this is right on the Kentucky line. Tennessee. And uh, right out from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, as a matter of fact. Ah, okay. And they have a bell, which they have a, you can go up there now for tourists. They have a cave that she was in that she was haunted in. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was kind of like the movie, if you ever saw it, that uh, movie where The Exorcist mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Blair. And uh, they had a scene or two like that where they, the bell witch threw her all over the bed and busted, the, uh, busted all the feathers, flew around, and she finally had to leave, and she came to Mississippi. All right, Jerry Short, never know what we're going to get out of this guy. And all this discussion comes from our original talk here about Jennifer Lawrence and uh, how that she's been in the Hunger Games with Donald Sutherland. And again, the movie that Jerry was referencing was the 2005 supernatural horror film called An American Haunting. I'm going to have to add that to my list. But I'm going to have to have somebody next to me when I see that thing. It's I'm, scary. Dan. It's yeah. kind of like The Exorcist. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, The Hunger Games was not quite so scary, but it was really an unusual film when it came out some 12 years ago. And the Kentucky native Jennifer Lawrence starred in that. And I didn't realize that the talented actress who's been now in, as I rattled off a moment ago, so many films that, of course, she has so much talent that, you can add in that list of talents singing. And she actually performed a song in the Hunger Games, part of the soundtrack of that, a song called The Hanging Tree, and I'm going to play that in just a moment. The song was written by James Newton Howard, and Jennifer Lawrence's voice is on the song that I'm about to play. Is it an old song? 
It was originally written by Suzanne Collins. So I'm, I'm a little confused because you mentioned a while ago. It was, that, a tr- it was a movie called The Hanging Tree. Yeah, you, it was a movie. Gregory that, Peck or somebody like that. It had Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper. 1959, a movie. Yeah. It was a Western directed uh-huh, by Delmer uh-huh. Daves. And the singer would have been, uh, oh, the guy that used to sing all the Western movie songs, the title to him, you know. Jerry Livingston? Well, they may have had somebody else sing The Hanging Tree. Okay. But I can see The Hanging Tree now in the background. Kind of out in the desert. Well, that 1959 film, The Hanging Tree, did star Gary Cooper, but do you know who also starred in it and was one of the producers? A guy named Carl Malden. Yeah, Carl Malden. He actually directed it. Yeah, he did. He did a movie in Mississippi, too, Baby Doll, Ah. that they wouldn't let him show in Mississippi. They they would censor movies when they'd come to uh, Memphis before they'd uh, let them go to other towns. Ah. Man, the days, the days. Yeah. But Jennifer Lawrence, in the movie The Hunger Games, you might have heard this song called The Hanging Tree. And we're going to let you hear it as it was released by Republic Records back in 2014 as the second single from this soundtrack, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. And it was included in the film's score album. And this Kentucky actress, Kentucky proud lady, also getting a chance to sing. And we're going to let you hear Jennifer Lawrence's Wonderful voice that goes along with her incredible acting skills. The Hanging Tree right here as we get you ready for Independence Weekend. Are you coming to the tree? They strung up a man. They say who murdered three. Strange things did happen here. No stranger would it be if we met at midnight in the hanging tree. Are you are you coming to the tree where dead man called out for his love to flee strange things did happen here no stranger would it be if we met at midnight in the hanging tree are you are you coming to the tree where i told you to run so we'd both be free strange things did happen here no stranger would it be if we met at midnight in the hanging tree are you are you coming to the tree where necklace of hope side by side with me strange things did happen here no stranger would it be if we met and me that in the hanging tree are you are you coming to the tree where i told you to run so we both be free strange things did happen here no stranger would it be if we met and me that in the hanging tree are you are you coming to the tree they strung up a man they say we were free. Strange things have happened to you. Strange or wouldn't be. We met at midnight in the hanging tree. Are you, are you coming to the tree?
And that was Jennifer Lawrence with the lead vocal there of the song, The Hanging Tree. And that is from the album, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, Part 1, the Kentucky native from right around Louisville, Indian Hills, Kentucky, the 32-year-old, extremely talented and beautiful actress. And as a result of that, also we can add singer to Jennifer Lawrence's bio. And she is going to be starring in the brand new movie hitting theaters this weekend that you can go see on this very long weekend for many of you, the comedy No Hard Feelings. Going to check that out because I need a good laugh. Jerry Short's with me on the Y'all Show as we wrap up here, our third hour on this Friday edition. And you're still captivated by that 1959, The Hanging Tree. Yeah, I wish. I, wish, I think it was on uh, TV <laughs> on the Western Channel not long ago. I think I saw it was listed. All right. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. And I haven't even seen all of the Hunger Games film. But, but we're no, talking 57, you said? 59. 59, okay. 59. It's not that far back. Heck, no, it was a, just like yesterday. Not a fresh one. Oh, yeah, just like yeah. yesterday here at the Y'all Show. It's Jerry, it's John, it's y'all. We appreciate y'all being a part of it. And, hey, we got a long couple of days. I don't mind maybe finding that 1959 film and watching it. I got time. We're going to be off the air Tuesday. That's why we got the Dr. Polo Storyteller on with us today, getting our fill of him so we you won't be on with us next week. We're going to come right back here on y'all and have hashtag Hollow Blues. Stay tuned. Floyd music guy out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Had that out on Capitol Records 30 years ago. I'm John Rawl, joined by Jerry Short here. He is the Takapola storyteller as we continue on with more of the fun here in our final hour of this Friday, our final hour of the entire week. It's actually our final hour for the month of June as we're about to turn the calendar over on Saturday to a brand new month of July. Jerry, that calendar just keeps on a turning. Took it words right out of my mouth. I was up. I was going to say it's all oh, gone. It's flying. Yeah, we're about to come up on the halfway point for the entire year of 2023 at the conclusion of July. Am I right on that? Or no, see. you were close. No, we're, we're at the halfway we're point. We're at the halfway point, and uh, you know they used to tell me this as an older gentleman when I was a young boy, how time would fly, and you'd be at the halfway point, and I think they're lying. Then the three quarter point. <laughs> I think it's all a lie. Then the 90% point. I, I just feel like I'm getting started. You, well, you are. Well, I hope I mean, so. a young gentleman like you. Uh, thank you, thank you. But, you know, with as much as I've got to say, you know I've had to be around at least 50 years. No way. Oh, at least. No way. Might throw another 25 <laughs> plus two. Jerry Short, the Takabola Storyteller, guest hosting with us today because he's not going to be on duty with us Tuesday we're not going to have a show Tuesday. It is the national holiday 
the 4th of July, so we'll be off the air Tuesday. So, as a reward, we're just going to have Jerry come on throughout this Friday edition, our final show for the month of June. So, Jerry, this segment of the show we call Hashtag Hullabaloo. It's where we find on social media some of the dangdest things. And I know you find crazy oh. stuff on there because you often send me a screenshot or something like that. Yeah, some of it oh, might be rated 1X anyway. But I can't wait to see what you come up with. Well, this is not what I come up with. This is what people are out there talking about. So some, of it, I, yeah. some of it, you don't have a clue what where we're going to go with this. I just, I just read them like they come here. By the way, you can... Text us here any of your social media recommendations, or if you just want to get in touch with either Jerry or myself, you can text us here at the Y'all Show text line, 615-208-4184. That's a number you can text anytime, as this show is powered by y'all.com, the South's homepage, and you can go to y'all.com and find the podcast edition of this show under the Y'all Show tab. But if you have a smartphone or a, a tablet or perhaps an iPad, you can find the Y'all Show in podcast form. It's real easy to find. Just search for any of these apps and look for Y'all Show on these apps, and you'll be set up to listen to our show at your leisure. Those apps include the TuneIn app, Spotify. We're on the iHeartRadio app. We're also on Apple Podcasts, and we're in iTunes. Simply search Y'all Show, and we're right there. Jerry, I know you like to share podcast editions of this show on Facebook to all your loyal listeners and so we appreciate all of jerry's loyal listeners who enjoy hearing his reports tuesday here on this show and and you've got a pretty loyal following i think we ran into just this week somebody out at uh, at lunch one day who liked listening to your crazed stories the takapola storyteller yeah, it made you wonder about them didn't you <laughs> but they did they uh, really enjoyed your show you know I, I hate to make your head swell but one reason I have Jerry on this show, because honestly, we've been doing this show now for over 600 episodes. Boy, that's a lot of episodes. And you've, you been on a lot, you've been on a lot of them. And you know what? Jerry, you're more popular than certainly me, but you're the most popular portion of this show. Ooh, so I'm just going to walk out of here. Can you see this head swelling over here? Yeah, I'm just going to let you have it. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not kidding on that. People always stop me and say, hey, what's going on with that Takapola guy? I like hearing him. He, you just, he, he's, yeah. he's captivating. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like people used to love Jackie Gleason. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Like they laughed at me the way I spoke out in Oregon and Washington State. Mm. And I think I said it on this show the other day. I think 99.2% of everything he says is actually true. It is true. That's the sad part, right? Yeah, it is true. You know what else is true is what I find on social media. So let's dive into hashtag Hullabaloo. Judy Pies is on Twitter. Her account is D-A underscore J-U-D-E-S. I guess that's the Jude's. Judy is a devoted mother, grandmother, amateur photographer, and aspiring writer, rediscovering myself one micro poem at a time. And so she's put up a poem, and it caught our producer's eyes here at the Y'all Show. So, Jerry, I don't know how well you do at poetry, Mm. but we're going to give it a shot here. According to Judy, this poem that she's posted that I'm going to relate to all y'all, it's a short one. It basically says the following. A warm southern breeze holds the promise of rebirth in its grasp. I think that's a haiku. Yeah, that's not really a poem, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, let me read, read it again. one more yeah. time. Yeah. Let me let, let, me study. let it soak in here. Okay. Again, being shared to us courtesy of Judy, at the underscore J-U-D-E-S. Where's Judy from? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Okay. 
A warm southern breeze holds the promise of rebirth in its grasp. That's true. You agree with that? I'll agree with that. Okay. A warm one. A warm Not one like we have in this week. Well, what do we got this week? We got like a hot, hot one this week. Mm, maybe not so haikuish. Yeah. Let's go on to Donna John. Donna's 92 on Twitter. D O N A S 92. Donna John, a senior digital producer for the website 30seconds.com, where we make life better in 30 seconds. Wow. And so she has put, Donna's put something out that caught our eye here at the Y'all Show. Something that I think Jerry Short might even be interested yeah, in. I'm impressed it, already. It's, it's got to do with food. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm impressed, unfortunately. Donna John's tweet this week, food-related, that is, says, Bottles of hot pepper vinegar are sitting on tables across the South. You can eat the peppers, but the magic is in the vinegar. And then she's got a picture of a bottle that's got those peppers, the hot peppers, with all that vinegar-looking stuff. Uh, I, got, I understand. Are they red peppers or green peppers? I think they're green peppers. I can handle that. But if they're red peppers and they and and they come from McElhaney, I don't think I can handle those. Uh, I like me some Tabasco. Now, you and I were together. Tabasco kill me. We had a lunch this week, and I ordered turnip greens, and I had that hot pepper that I You didn't ordered. have Tabasco, though, did you? No, but I, I like Tabasco, but Do not on really? greens. Yeah. And I just recently got into the hot pepper on greens because where I come from, Jerry, and we know mm-hmm. a thing or two about greens where I come from. You sure do. Do you know what we've traditionally put on collard greens and turnip greens? And we still do. I what still you, like this. You still like this? Uh, it's another thing you is can it another deal like commonly a, find on with tables. With vinegar? Has it got vinegar in it? I'm sure it does have vinegar, okay. but it's a, it's a common thing you see on in restaurants across the country, usually sitting right there on the table. Right it's what we table. we put into greens, specifically on my collard and turnip growing farm. This is what we do, and it's good. And if you've not tried it, don't laugh at me. No, I mean it's probably got mustard in it if it comes from your place. Got a little mustard taste to it. I don't think so. Don't think but so. You're, you're close on the guess. I'm close on the guess. I know of it's got we, vinegar. What we put? I know it. You're putting something similar to mustard in there. I would put mayonnaise probably. Mayonnaise, no. You know, because I'm a mayonnaise type guy. I can put mayonnaise on my black eyed peas. But uh, don't tell anybody, y'all. Uh, I don't know, throw it at me. What is the ex- absolute opposite of mustard? The opposite of mustard? Well, if, it, if, if you had mustard go to war against its rival, what would its rival be? Oh, okay. Come on. I mean, me, it'd be I'm mayonnaise. About, oh. You know, but. I I mean, mustard, mayonnaise, and ketchup. There you go. It's got to be one of those three. It's ketchup. Okay. So where I come from, we put ketchup on yeah, our, you gr- do. our greens. You do. I've and if you've you not tried that. that, you ought to try it. Now, the key yeah. is don't get the ketchup that's been sitting in your refrigerator because it's cold. No, you try, need to Try to get some that's like table, you know, been on your table. And mix or, it up really fine, right? And good. It's, it's a great combination. And I still like the, the hot pepper stuff, too. And then there's people that have other... Uh, I believe I remember seeing that sauce, sauce? in a sauce or sauce. Yeah, yeah. No, in a restaurant in South Carolina, there was a buffet type restaurant I ate at one time. You went to not Sheely's. far from Lexington. Sheely's is where we went. Sheely's, but, I, but we, they don't. They don't have that with the uh, well, you, you with the ketchup. Well, I mean, they have ketchup based barbecue, but the ketchup you just put on your table when you get your greens. Just on the strictly table. for just green. try it, y'all. I it's kind of like I like just pepper sauce. Which you is do? the green and vinegar. What do you try it on? Uh, I put it on greens. Oh, I always have my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I love it on greens. And uh, 
but not real hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Just enough. It. I guess you really taste more vinegar in the kind that I like. Yeah. I, I like the the pepper sauce on the greens because sometimes I'm not a big fan of collard greens. I, I I don't like them, but when you add the hot pepper on there, they are. It gives it a different twang. Yeah, it's it's a better taste now. I've had a problem with some of these greens causing me so much indigestion. Do you have that problem? Yeah, it'll do that, especially when you get it really hot. And that's probably the reason I don't have it as much because I keep mine milder. And I'm sure our listeners aren't wanting to hear about our gastric no, issues. No, we've, we've covered enough <laughs> of that, but that was a good topic. Yeah, it was. But we appreciate that uh, tweet coming in talking about hot pepper sauce. Let's wrap up our hashtag hullabaloo with something pet-related. We love our pets in the South. Oh, boy, I've got them coming, too. Yes, you do. He's going to be pet-sitting all next week, which is another reason he didn't need to come on and do his report next week. That's right. I'm going to be tied down. The Twitter account Atlanta Pet Life has put up a post. It's Atlanta Pet Life on Twitter. Atlanta Pet Life magazine's mission is to provide more informative content and an improved product to the pet community of Atlanta. And they had a tweet that caught our eye here at the Y'all Show. Their tweet includes a picture of a beautiful dog on a front porch. And the tweet says, hey, friends, that's F-U-R-R as in fur. Hey, friends, stop what you're doing and help us welcome Chico to Atlanta. And I guess that's the picture of Chico Chico sitting there on the front porch in Atlanta having a good time. That reminds me to remind all y'all with your furry friends, please Please consider mm-hmm. them over these next couple of days. You've tough. got a you've got an outdoor dog. Are you doing special things when it's a hundred plus degrees? Well, he's got plenty of shade. You know, it's a big uh, big oak trees that cover that area. You know and what's amazing a, that he is actually a she. And I yeah and I, and I call <laughs> you'd think he's a he, wouldn't you? Yeah. The way the way she acts. Yeah. And she's a rescue dog. That's the sad thing that I know the gender of your dog and you. And don't. she's a rescue. But I call her he because she seems so she's so strong well, maybe and she so transitioned. tough. Yeah, well, let's hope not. But uh, I, I'm gonna keep her as a female. Uh, you remind me if I say he again. But that's what I do all the time. I've heard you say that. Yeah. Um, I call, so I, I, that's the first female dog I think I've really ever had. Well, that's what I was gonna ask you. Yeah. You got that dog as a rescue dog. Yeah. And she was already done with her. Well, baby making ability. Yeah. Well, they fixed her. Okay. Yeah, they do that. So I was going to ask and, you if uh, you've had no female dogs before. How much? I'd have liked to have had a female off of her. And you know, I found that dog out in the swamp, but it was a boy by the name Tex out at uh, Webb County really? that you was talking about a while ago. How about that? Yeah. And so uh, that dog I loved, but my son-in-law accidentally ran over it when he got ten or twelve years old. I gave it to my family because I was on the road all the time, but. Now, I've always had male dogs, and I've probably, gosh, dog, I've probably had 40 of them. <laughs> and they've all been named Dixie or Rebel. Except Tex. Except Tex, and he, it fit him. And he was definitely a male I, dog. Yeah, I think he was trained by the uh, Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. He was right there on the border, and he got a loose, and he lived in the woods by himself. And he would come out where I, would li- I was uh, guarding that area. And he would come up at night, and he would look at me, and I'd throw him a burrito that the work crew. We had a lot of Mexican work crew. They'd leave him in their truck, and I'd go by, and I'd throw a burrito at the fence. And he finally would get a little closer and a little closer and a little closer. Then he had me follow him down in the swamp one day. And he was living in a tree, and he had made a nest in the tree like you would make it out of a doggone squirrel wood. 
It was leaves and all up in it. And he was scared of everything else. But he got where he'd ride with me in the truck with me at night as I would do the uh, uh, surveillance of the pipeline. Mm-hmm. He would ride with me all night. And uh, I brought him home with me because he was no one else's. But I found out later that the Border Patrol had some just like that at the uh, check stations coming in and out of Laredo. And so that's, I think he might have got a loose or got away when he was young that way and had lived in the woods. And he was really scared. Uh, but Well, he had know, something in common with you if he lived in the woods. Yeah, but I would come out mostly if, by midnight. <laughs> if I could. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures of you and that dog back in Texas, and you had to coax him to trust you, but it yeah. worked out pretty well for it that. It did. He was the greatest dog ever. Well, you know, I got that big picture of him in the den. Now. Yeah, you did. I've seen that at your Yeah. I love that dog. I love that dog. Yeah, well, people love their dogs, and there in Atlanta, they love that new arrival there. take care of them and don't let anything happen to them during this situation we're coming into and we're into today, and it's going to be hot, and make sure they got plenty of water. Don't let them dehydrate. But it is amazing, just like your dog, Dixie, when -hmm. it was zero degrees out there. I know you brought her in a couple of nights, but dogs still, and animals, period, have the incredible ability to withstand such dramatic yeah, weather. they can take it. I'd usually wait till it got about below 10. If it got down below 10, I'd bring her inside, you know. And uh, we don't have that much 10, so it wouldn't be but two or three days usually to most. But, no, I, I wouldn't want her out when it gets below freezing. Or, you know, this hot, they can, st- they can find a place, you know. A dog's going to kick up some dirt, and it's cool. And they're going to they gonna find a good cool spot. You think it's easier for them to survive the heat or, or the cold? Well, as long as they've got some shade around them water. Just make sure they've got plenty of water. Okay. And don't neglect feeding them either, you know. Because it seems like this day and time with the price of food, dogs are costing more than people for for their meals. I heard this week, you know, hanging around you a little bit, I heard some guys talking about their veterinarian bill, and it was well over $1,000 for nominal yeah. care of their don't pet. Take, it costs a lot more to take care of their dog than for themselves. That's true. It's about like going to a dentist. You know, you need to go to another country. <laughs> but but it's the same situation with, with vet. With, you know, they're, they're almost like humans. You know, I had a friend, this is real quick, he carried his dog because he thought he was about to die. And they wanted dang, uh, $500 to put him to sleep. And he said, no, I'm going to take him home. The dog lived two more years, <laughs> and they were going to put him to sleep for 500 well, So you never know, you know. And that's, and that's a tough thing when you have to put a pet down. But dogs and cats and all of our furry creatures are a huge part of so many people's coping with life. You know, life can throw you so many bad things. And for many, many Southerners, they rely on those pets to, to get them by. We just told you in our headlines on the Thursday, y'all, show a woman, you might not have heard this, a woman left in her will $300,000 for her seven cats to wow. be cared for until they all die. You That's know, a you, lot of money. You hear that all the time. Fortunately or unfortunately, hadn't anybody will me any for any of my animals. But, you know, it gets to the point you'd rather keep your animals to heck with the money. You love them so much. Well, they're loyal, just like Dixie and just like Ted. Oh, they're like part of the family. I mean, you know, they become part of the family. And they are. I mean, that, that dog, you can tell, we were just got back from Orlando and wasn't gone with three days. And uh, my grandson came down from Ole Miss and fed her. And he said, 
Boy, she missed y'all a lot. You know, she really, you heard me say she. She missed y'all a lot. Yeah. So, you know, they know when you're not around. And she can tell when the vehicle's coming. Not that it's a jalopy sounding, but she can tell when it's coming up the street and she'll start barking (laughs) before you get in sight. That's crazy. I know. Well, my old dog did the same thing. If it uh, makes you feel better. All right. Well, that will wrap up our hashtag hullabaloo. We're going to wrap up this entire hour and this entire week's worth of shows. When the Y'all Show comes back, it's from Dixie with Love. Alongside the Taco Polo Storyteller, Cherry Short. I'm John Rawl, and we'll be right back. We want to hear you here at Super Talk 93.1 on shows like The Y'all Show, The Patriot Pastor, and The Frankie Lack Show. We've got a text line that you can text us and participate in the program. That number is 731-410-7560. And the Super Talk 93.1 text line is powered by See Me Tree Service. They are a West Tennessee-based company, and they will help you with any of your tree removal problems, tree trimming, tree elevation, pruning, tree topping, stump grinding, and more. They're a small family-owned business that's licensed and insured, and you can call See Me Tree Service for a free estimate. Call them at 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. For all of your tree removal or tree issues going on, give them a call for that free estimate. 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. Powering the Super Talk 93.1 text line. Sergeant Short, you better be over there saluting. You got it up. I'm saluting the 4th of July. (laughs) It's almost here. It is. Welcome back. Final segment of this Friday edition of the show, All About the South. Alongside Jerry Short, the Takavola storyteller, John Rawl. Winding it down, again, you can catch this show in its entirety on our podcast options. You can find those on Spotify, also on TuneIn, as well as the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast and at iTunes. It's a free way to catch up with every single one of our more than 600 episodes of Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. Programming note, we will have a show Monday. We will not have a show Tuesday, and then we'll be back Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week with all new shows as well. But one day next week, the 4th of July, we will not have an original Y'all show coming your way that's the reason jerry short joined us here on this friday edition because he won't be on tuesday's edition his normal day that he shows up so jerry how are you going to enjoy your fourth of july well it looks like i'm gonna be babysitting dogs you know my family's all gone to the destin area and uh nobody but me and my charming bride and uh we may try to take them riding. <laughs> Maybe they'll all sleep in the yeah. bed with you here. Well, they do that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. good thing we're not doing a show. Hey, thank y'all again for being a part of our show. If we miss you Monday, again, we're going to have a new show Monday, but a lot of you have the fourth on your mind, and you're not going to be necessarily tuning us in. Have a great couple of days, a wonderful fourth of July, and we will see you all back here at some point next week whenever you can dig us back up and keep us in your planner for the week. John Rawl, Jerry Short, thanking you again for being a part of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Jerry, happy 4th. 
to Happy you. Happy 4th, John, and enjoyed it. And look forward to getting with you again. All right. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here Monday, everybody. Y'all.com is our website.